Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. On this episode, we're going to talk about our earthly father versus our heavenly father. And there's a correlation between the two of them, both on the good side and both on the bad side. Something that I talk a lot about, actually what the way I came about this is, in 2014, 2015, when I was writing my book, Pastor Terry, um, I met with him for a couple hours for for um, coffee, and he was he had pancreatic cancer and was you know dying, but he, he liked what I was doing with my book, and he had some information on this exact correlation of earthly father versus heavenly father. And it's actually, it stands true, and, and, and when he told me about it, I um, I really looked into it, and I could see it in my own life, and I've talked to several people along the way that I also, they related when I would bring it up. I actually had one guy actually um, unprovoked say it out loud to me exactly um, what this issue is, and this issue is, is, is like, goes like this: is that, <clears throat> oh, 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 yeah, it just goes like this: that I'm gonna run across somebody, I or, or you or a pastor or a youth pastor. Somebody comes in, they're broken, and they'll sit down. and In a way, this was told to me by one of the pastors at our church eight years ago. But I want to tell you that. Look at all you got to do is surrender to God. It's like it's got it's all you got to. And, and if you when you do that, God's He loves you unconditionally. He doesn't care what what your past is. He's gonna love you unconditionally. He's gonna forgive you for all, all your past wrongs or like whatever. He he doesn't care about your past anymore. He's gonna forgive you for all that. I, he's gonna grant. All your all your needs, not so much your wants, but everything you need, he will provide for you. And you look at me, or you look at the person. Now wait a minute, I need to understand something. You're telling me, I'm gonna bring it back to myself. You're telling me, Pastor Randy, that all I have to do is give my life to God and surrender to Him. He's gonna love me unconditionally. He's going to forgive me of all my past sins. I don't care about it anymore. It's, it's, I'll, I'll be washed clean. He's going to provide for me all my needs. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's what I'm telling you. And he will do that, I promise you. But, 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 but Pastor Randy, how do, you, how do you expect me to buy that? 
with somebody that's in the sky, that magical, mystical person that you're talking about up there that we can't see. And you want me to believe what you're telling me? Well, I know it'll take some time, but yeah. But you don't understand, right? My own father right here on earth. The father that I I grew up with, that I I saw every day. He couldn't provide none of that for me. He abused me in all sorts of different ways. So how do you expect me to believe that God the Father, as you would call him, are going to provide me all those things when my earthly father right here, who's supposed to be an image of Christ, didn't do none of that for me. Pretty powerful. A lot of people fall into this category. And, and it's, it's, it's tough to get them out of it. It was tough to get me out of it because the way I saw God growing up in a Christian home, being mentally, uh, being uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and sexually abused by born-again parents, and having a, uh, a pastor that just says, part of growing up, you won't be gay. As time went on, how did I see God? My understanding of God before I walked into the rooms of AA was this. He's throwing lightning bolts at me. He's already judged, condemned, and condemned me to hell. There's nothing you can do to help me no more because I've sinned so much with all the abuse and everything against my family. That was was my feeling. And then I was finally, when I was finally introduced to another way of thinking, then I discovered who God really is, the New Testament God. The New Testament God. So when you're exposed to abuse, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's well, or sexual, and if you have any one of those, you're spiritually abused. You're spiritually abused in the sense that you've been spiritually abused by people that have spiritual authority over you. But more than that, the spirit of the child within you has been assassinated. And if you haven't been abused, you probably can't understand what I just said. The spirit of the child within you has been assassinated. You grow up like that. You suddenly have to become a productive, a productive, I'm sorry, protective adult for that inner child growing up. There's an article that Terry gave me back in 2015 that I still have and I keep just for this exact purpose. And when we're talking about abuse, it says when abuse occurs in the family, particularly abuse involving a male authority, a father, a stepfather, guardian, etc., and a child or young adult. My father passed away when I was 12. He was, he was a, a great father to me. But then this man that entered my life as a stepfather a month after my father died, started the sexual abuse. It went from sexual to physical, and then with the sexual and physical was emotional. I had the gamut of all of them. So what it does is it deeply, it causes a deeply profound hurt as well as confusion 
anger, dysfunction in relationships with others, with uh, self-destructive behavior, and distrust can be unleashed in young person's life in over overwhelming ways. And that's why it's so critical that we don't discount when a, when a, when a child has been abused. I want to mention my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within. It's a great book to read for anybody, whether you've been abused or not. But the confusion that it causes, and if it happens enough, we hold on to the secret. We carry it throughout our life. We start losing our self-confidence, our self-esteem. I had an affair in 2004, and I only had an affair for one reason. Kathy, my wife, she's, we're still married, thank God, by the grace of God. My wife, Kathy, the only thing she was doing wrong is she was loving me unconditionally, loving me in ways I've never been loved before. And I didn't feel I deserved it. She knew I'd been sexually abused. She was the first person I ever told. But I, I, I felt so dirty and so tainted. And my, my self-esteem was shot that I knew, contrary to all the, all the evidence, that she was going to leave me. So I had the affair. So uh, people say, well, yeah, it happened to me too, Randy. Uh, great, great. And I've dealt with it. Mm. Mm. What did you do to deal with it? Well, I, I talked to a sponsor or I've talked to a pastor. Or I go, oh, have you done any deep inner healing work? No, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to do that. My experience is that every single person that has told me that they have dealt with it, okay, has done one of three things. Now, this is what I've experienced. I'm not saying everybody does this, but this is the experience I've had with the people that have told me that. They've either relapsed on their affliction, whatever that is, drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever that is. They've either attempted suicide or lastly they've attempted suicide i mean i'm sorry they've committed suicide so they've relapsed they've, they've relapsed on their affliction of choice they've i don't know what that technique was sorry Jane. they've attempted suicide or they've committed suicide this is something that just doesn't go away we can hide it for a long time you can hide it for a real long time Okay, but it's going to rear its ugly head at some time in our life. And when it does that, we have to address it. Well, I should say you don't have to, but it would be really smart to address it and start the healing process. You know, we, we had a men's group here uh, the other night, and we were talking about kind of this subject. Uh, it was on marriage, but how we carry our hurts into our marriage. And Pastor Nate, who... Uh, him and I were doing this together. Guy asked the question about, well, how do I work through this? Blah, 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 blah. And Pastor Nate says, the first thing you got to do is you've got to understand how much God really loves you. And what he was saying was point on. Because God loves us unconditionally. And when Pastor Betts finished his talk, which was, was excellent, and that is a huge part of our healing journey. He says, but the issue is we don't we can't accept that. We've been hurt so much 
and we, our, our pain is so deep, and a lot of it stems from the way we view God. So the first thing we have to do in this is we have to work with somebody. This is why it's so important. When, when, you're, when you're getting counseling or, or coaching or, or whatever, it's really advisable to get somebody that's more or less walked in your shoes. And that's why God has blessed me and my wife so much because we have been through so much in our life. And we can relate to so many different people on on, on different levels. But it's like somebody comes to me and one of the first things I ask them is, well, what what do you think about God? Well, you know, it's, all right, cool, I got you. First Corinthians one eighteen says it's foolishness to talk. It's it's foolishness to talk. For those that I'm sorry, for those that are perishing, it's foolishness to talk to Christ. I think I got it backwards, but I say it all the time, and my mind just won't play. It's foolishness to talk to Christ to those that are perishing. Yet it's power to those of us that are saved. And we're talking about the hands in our church right now. It's these right here. It's my feet. It, it, that's what people want to see. So many people have been hurt because a lot of people were human beings. They talk, 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 and then they walk out the door and they're completely opposite. And so they're hurt by people. And people have free will. So what people want to see is action. They, they, they want to see that we walk our talk. So for a lot of people, I'll read this next little paragraph here. It says, what does God look like? Well, I just explained to you one way he looks. Right? And yet to Pastor Nate, who had a, a real good childhood growing up, he, he sees God in a whole other light. I, I see him in a whole other light today than I did 16 years ago. Pastor Nate sees him, and he's seen him for for most of his adult life, and even his childhood. He's seen him in a completely different light than than a lot of us see him. Jesus answered that question for us, and states that, and, and states that was one of the great reasons he came to earth. It was to show us the Father. It is a truth in the Bible, and pra- practic- particularly what it says about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us a true view of what our Father God is like in spite of abuse that has destroyed a positive image that is intended to prepare us to believe in God who is our Heavenly Father. So it's no wonder that people look at God and, and, you know, I've I've said some things on a couple of abuse uh, threads that I belong to, and I, I just, they attack me about God. Don't you ever talk about God? God if, God, if God is such a loving, caring God, why did he do this? And why did he do that? I Believe me, I understand. I've been there. I, 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 I've done that. And I can thoroughly understand where they're coming from. And I'll get to that in a minute. Without the view of God, our Father, without the view of God, our Father, that we receive when we look at what Jesus Christ is like. We only see God as a creator and a judge. So we, our Father here on earth, they're supposed to, to the best of their ability, 
show us the love of Christ. But through the cross of Jesus, we see God for who he is, a father who loves unconditionally. So there might be people out here watching this right now and say, yeah, boy, you're, you're, you know, you're whack. Okay, I've been there. I've, I've been in those shoes. Well, don't talk to me about God. Don't, the God that I know, are you kidding me? I don't want to talk about God. He's done nothing for me. Why do you allow me to be abused? You know, why Why did he take my father from me when I was only 12 years old? And then put this evil man in my life, you know, for, for, the, for the next seven, eight years. That abused me physically, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually. Don't talk to me about God. Come on. I've been in your shoes, and I understand it. But if you want to truly turn your life around, right? If you want to truly turn your life around, it's going to take the time to invest in understanding who God really is. And, and again, it takes sitting down with somebody that's walked in your shoes that understands where you're coming from. Not out of a book. But, but, you know, believe me, academics are great. I, I mean, I, I love my schooling. It was excellent. It taught me a lot. But Kathy and I, we meet people on the human level. Not on an academic level. People can tell when you're talking out of a book. And some people can put a real good show on, you know, with their emotions. And I'm not saying those aren't true or not. They, 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 they likely are. But if I can't relate to you, if I can't understand where you're coming from, in the big book of AA, it says you cannot transmit something you do not have. I even got a scripture in the Bible that that, that, that confirms that. So, I did a thing on fatherhood not too long ago. And I'm, this portion of it will be the last piece I'm here, but it was never before understood revelation when Jesus declared that God was our Heavenly Father. John 14, 9 says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. John 10, 30 says, I and my Father are one. So in, in the study I did, I think it's one of my previous episodes, that when I look at my Father, I you can see me. If you see me, you'll see my children. If you see my children, okay, you'll see me. And that's a fact. And I got another story. I saw there's there's I've worked with guys in recovery that they're living this lifestyle. They've lived it. They're doing really good now, and they've got a son that's wanting to follow their, their old lifestyle. And no matter what the father tells them about that old lifestyle, that's all they know. They saw their father live it for years. It was exciting to them. So they chose that path. And the one in particular I'm talking about, I believe his son ended up with three strikes and life in prison. Even though his father was telling him, we don't want to go that way. 
when you see the father, you see the child. When you see the child, you'll recognize the father. And I know, talking about my own children, people tell me that all the time. The biggest compliment I can get is, you did a really good job as a father raising your children, son. Your, your, your children. That's a huge compliment for me. Even through my addiction, my kids even tell me, Dad, you weren't that bad. Believe me, you weren't that bad. So there's, there's a couple other things that the Bible says. And, and the hard part about the Father and Earth, Father in Heaven, and Father's here on Earth, right? In Matthew seven eleven, it says this. If you then, being evil, and they're talking about fathers here on earth, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? My stepfather was really good about giving us um, huge gifts. Couldn't think of the word. I'd say exorbitant. Or, I mean, just lots of gifts. He bought our love. Always buying our love. But then when there was good, there was bad. When there was bad, there was good attached to it. It was this vicious cycle. Right? So when, and for some children, and for some adult men, I should say, th th their dad was just flat out, wasn't there for him, or was just flat out mean to him. So this scripture in their eyes, I'm not saying everybody. I want you to understand that. I talk in a lot of general terms because there's a lot of people out there. Some do, some don't. The scripture in their eyes is a joke. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, I'm just speaking the truth. For, for me, before I knew this scripture, when I looked back, it was like, yeah, but the only time I got any kind of a gift was when he was trying to make up for his abuse. And that's the beauty about God. He, he doesn't, you, he loves you unconditionally. He's not going to abuse you, right? You know, in, in his paper, it talks about, this is really good. This is, you know, why did God allow it to happen? Sorry about the paper noise. You gotta remember, it's not God that, that does it. It's not God that does it. God gives man free will. He gives him free will, right? And and he he does that because he thought it was the best thing to do here on earth. Give him free will. Right? He also gives us the instructions in the Bible on how to live and what love is. So much step for God, you know, I thought God was doing it to me all the time. You're such a loving God, why do you do these things to me? But it wasn't God. It was man. Yeah, but still God allowed it, right, Randy? Yeah, he did allow it. All right. Good argument. Why did he allow it? He allowed it in my life because Genesis 50, 20. What God, what man meant for harm, God meant for good. He brought you to this place in your life to to save the lives of many men. I, I, I know people look at me and sometimes it's like, you, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but 
But, you know, I I'd fully forgive him, my stepfather. I fully forgive him, my stepfather. And I, I, I believe that the greatest gift that any father can give their child is unconditional forgiving love. The Bible tells us, so I think it's some, I think it's 170 times, it talks about forgiveness. If you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive. So I just, I just, I want you to understand we're adults in recovery or just adults, period, that are really struggling with God and struggling with attitudes. And there's a lot more behind it. They weren't born that way. Something, everything is a learned behavior. Everything is a result of some kind of behavior that was passed down to them. I just got to love them back. I know it can be hard, especially if it's an addict or alcoholic. Or I can, I know how hard it can be. But they're the ones we need to love the most. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. What is the Lord? What is God? God is love. What is love? Love is God. God is the ultimate love. What is love? 13, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its, uh, its own. Does not provoke. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in inequity but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, and endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. That's what love is. We're raising children. If you want to know what's wrong with children, you hear it all, what's wrong with children today? Again, general statement. Mom and dad go look in the mirror. And mostly dads, it's absentee fathers. Well, I'm there for him. I'm at home every night. No. Are you there for him spiritually? Are you there for him emotionally? Are you guiding him? Well, I'm working all the time. I got to make, yeah, I understand. I, I had my own business with dating employees. And you know what? My kids were number one in my life. My family was my first ministry. That's what I was working for. And my family never suffered because I was too busy working. In order to make money and provide a good life for my family that I ignored my children. I never did that. It's not an excuse. Raise them up. Raise them up. In the training and instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3.21 also says the same thing, but it ends. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So they will not become discouraged. My stepfather and my mother got me living in a constant state of fear and anger. I fell. I, I, I just said, I'm done with this. If other people in the church, they're not condoning for smoking weed, I don't want to smoke weed. I'm going to go out. You know, I, I was looking for some, for some, um, 
to be accepted. I want to be accepted. I wanted some validation in my life. And they weren't giving it to me, so I went outside and I got it. Because I was provoked to, to anger and discouraged by my stepfather and my mother. The Greek word translated as provoke can also be translated as exasperate. What that means is that fathers are instructed not to behave in such a way that causes intense frustration in their children. I understand that it's learned behavior. Parenting is a learned behavior. Their father probably, I guarantee you, that they're just mimicking their father. Maybe and they're probably doing a little better than their father did. And I'm not saying for all these fathers you know, did wrong. They were only doing what they knew how to do. The thing of it is, is when my wife and I, we work with couples and, and parents, it's their job to break this chain. It's their job to raise children and to be decent human beings in our society. It's their job to raise their children up in a Christ-like fashion. They're gonna, they're, they're definitely gonna test your patience, but that doesn't give you the right to beat them. Matter of fact, you should. I say this all the time, and I, I, I do a whole other thing on, on child discipline, not punishment. If you show me in the Bible, in the New Testament, you show me where it says that Christ, Jesus Christ, hit or beat a child. It's nowhere in the New Testament. In fact, what they say in the Old about the, you know, the uh, spare the rod, spare the child, not. I could do a whole other thing. I'm not going to get into it right now. I believe me. I've done my research on all this when I started getting back into the church and back into God. And finally, the last one I'll end with today is Luke 17.2. You can also find it in Matthew 18.6. And this is really powerful. And I really want, if the fathers listen to this, or I really want, you, or even mothers, anybody, you really need to listen to the scripture. These are scriptures you don't hear about all the time. That's a really powerful. Luke 17, 2. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck. You know what a millstone is, exactly what it says. It's a weighs, supposedly weighs a million pounds. A millstone around his neck and to be thrown into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Again, in Matthew 18, 6, it says the same thing. My stepfather and my mother, both very abusive people, they, I don't think they ever read that scripture. Again, we're not perfect, and we're going to make mistakes, right? But if we, if we raise our children up in the way of God, in the way of love, that shouldn't happen. And when I read the commentary on that scripture, what it was saying is that Jesus was saying that you'd be better off dead than to cause a little one to sin. My stepfather, he, he, he sexually abused me, he molested me, and I, I know he molested at least a half a dozen other people, factually. He never read that scripture. He was old scripture. Old Testament. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful when we start dealing with children and our discipline. 
John Lee says it best. Discipline is before the act. Punishment is after the act. And punishment, you can you argue with me all you want. You can tell me I've lost my mind. I've never once hit my kids. You don't have to hit a child. Because most of the time when we spank a child, it's out of our own frustration. And that's when it could get bad. Again, show me in the New Testament. When Jesus came to earth, show me where it says that Jesus beat a child. So, anyways, that's it for, for this episode. But thank you all for joining me. I hope you're all having a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, I'm posting this um, the week of Thanksgiving, so I'm just going to say everybody have a marvelous Thanksgiving. Something me and my family do, we sit around the table and we go around and saying what we're thankful for and what we're grateful for. So maybe you can start that tradition. One more thing real quick. Um, one more thing real quick. The um, These time of year can be really hard on, on, on people and families. Lost loved ones, so on and so forth, right? between now and even Christmas. And so in recovery, there's the 11-step prayer or the prayer of St. Francis. It's a beautiful prayer. But down towards the bottom of that prayer, it says, um, it's better to to comfort than to be comforted, better to love than to be loved, and better to understand than than to be understood. I had to use that with my wife right after her mother passed away a couple of years after that we were having a big Thanksgiving I could feel the tension rising so I came in here in my prayer room and I was, I was repeating that prayer but those last three things in that prayer saved the day I turned it into a marvelous day my wife was she just even if she got uptight everything was calm and peaceful within me so that I could be calm and peaceful with her so remember that this mantra is better to comfort than to be comforted, better to love than to be loved, better to understand than to be understood. Okay. Check out my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within. It's on Amazon, my 30-day devotional, The Wholeness. It's on, also on Amazon. You can check out my uh, life coaching uh, website, changeyourlifestorynow.com, changeyourlifestorynow.com. Or uh, also check out the foundation, Courageous Healers Foundation, helping men and their families heal from the scars of sexual abuse. Check those two out. Let me know if I can be of any assistance to you or your family. You can just uh, hit the contact form, drop uh, an email to me, and I will uh, get back to you usually within the same day that you send it. All right. But remember this. Nobody tells you they love you today. Randy does. Everybody be blessed. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful rest of your day or evening, whatever it might be. Thanks. Bye-bye. This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, 
Randy does. 